We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It is the Monday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the great Perry Goldstein as the Packers fall on Sunday to the Minnesota Vikings. Yuck! Thirty-four to thirty-one. The final. The Packers now eight and three on the season Perry let's just start with some gut reactions as we were talking about just a second ago before we hit record uh, it was a weird game right I mean yeah. it's it's always a weird game when you get these divisional battles the rivalry games uh, but but a really weird game that goes down to the wire as uh, the, the Vikings walk it off with a field goal as time expires to, to win by three points what, what's some uh, gut reactions from you as we are just a couple hours removed now yeah I mean division games are, are always really tough and I feel like the Packers and Vikings specifically play each other really tough so I went into this game thinking like this is really 50 50 like it could go either way so I'm yeah. not entirely honestly that surprised that the Packers dropped this to the Vikings especially being away but it was also entirely within their reach like a handful of, you know, missed opportunities and the Packers win this game handedly. I think my biggest like response is I felt like the first quarter and a half from the offense made no sense. And then from, you know, the middle of the second quarter on the game plan was working. So why not start with that? Right. I know that there has to be some level of like, okay, you go in with a plan and you make adjustments and maybe that's just what Matt LaFleur had to do. And the Vikings defense was, you know, picking up everything the Packers are trying to put down on the field, but um, it was just so night and day. And I feel like if the Packers had played all four quarters, at least the offense had played all four quarters, the way they did the second half of the game, they would have won this easily. So um, yeah, I think that's my biggest gut reaction, like a very winnable game, but also the Vikings played really well. They just played, they just outplayed uh, the Packers defense and Justin Jefferson put on a freaking wide receiver clinic and the other team has great players too. No, they certainly are a, a better team than the record indicates now at five and five Minnesota. And, and, you know, Kirk cousins has been really flying under the radar with how efficient he's been this year. Yeah. Another really good game for him, just under 350 yards, three touchdowns, 
a uh, really good quarterback rating uh, again for, for Kirk Cousins, who, who again, I mean, he's been flying under the radar all year, it seems. But you mentioned Justin Jefferson. I mean, I mean, I tweeted it, right? I mean, it was almost Justin Jefferson versus Devontae Adams in that second half, each of them with a pair of scores. Uh, eight receptions, 169 for Je- Jefferson, seven receptions, 115 for Devontae. So you really did see uh, two of the best receivers going back and forth there in the second half, which was which was really fun to watch as a football fan. But as yeah. a Packers fan, it's tough to see <laughs> Justin Jefferson doing doing what he did. Uh, but seriously, man, re- really one of the best uh, young receivers in the game right now. But overall, uh, I think 34 points is something that stuck out to me, Perry. Uh, we've talked a lot over the course of the last few weeks. This defense continues to get it done without Zedarius Smith, without Jair Alexander, with all the injuries that have occurred over the last couple of weeks to that defensive core. And they've still been able to get it done. They shut out Seattle a week ago. I know it wasn't a fully healthy Russell Wilson, but that's still a game you walk away from saying, holy crap. I mean, that's a shutout. It's hard to get a shutout in the National Football League. And now allowing 34 to Minnesota. You know, is it just one of those games where they didn't play their best? Or is this really the injury bug coming to fruition now and showing how, how bad these injuries really are and how bad it can be against a solid offense like Minnesota. I think it's a combination, right? Sure. I think that like the injuries are definitely catching up to them and you can just tell even the healthy players, they're tired. I mean, this late buy is no joke. Like this, yeah. this whole season has been really, really hard on their bodies. And again, this is their profession. So, you know, you got to make it through it, but mm-hmm. eventually, yeah, it's going to catch up too. And I just think the Vikings called a really, really, fun offensive game and the Packers just unfortunately didn't have an answer for it. I'm not worried about this defense still, you know, uh, um, I don't think this is an indication of, you know, a downhill slide or anything like that from the unit. Um, I just think like, it's just was one of those games. And like you said, Kirk cousins played really well. Kirk cousins has been playing really well and he has two, incredible receivers and a running back. I mean, that trio is no joke that he has um, at his disposal. So yeah, it, it just is what it is, I guess. I mean, you're really feeling the loss of Rashawn Gary in this game, you know, the pass rush was getting home, but imagine also having Rashawn there. Um, I think they would have been able to get a couple of more stops. Yeah. I appreciate your calmness on this, on this Perry, because I'm not quite as calm because I, you know, you mentioned Rashad, who we do expect back here, maybe next week, maybe after the bye. It's still a question mark with Jair. It's still a question mark if we're going to see Zedarius Smith this season. And it's concerning to me, right? I mean, you saw Eric Stokes, kind of the just the, the rookie performance, and it wasn't horrible by any means, but there was a couple plays where it's like, okay, yeah, he's inexperienced. And that's what's going to happen when you're the number one cornerback, right? Going against a guy like Justin Jefferson. But I, I'm nervous all of a sudden, right? Because we, we don't know with Jair. We don't know with Zadaria Smith, and maybe this is the injuries catching up to them. Now, the bye week, only two weeks away now, you got to face, I almost said St. Louis, the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> this upcoming week, which obviously one of the best teams in the NFC. This could be maybe the biggest game on the Packers schedule when it comes to yeah. the seeding uh, for the yeah. playoffs. Obviously, only one team gets the bye as of last year. So, uh, it's a big game before the bye week. It's going to be it's going to be tough. And, and I, I am a little nervous when it comes to the defense, but hopefully uh, w- when they get Matt Stafford next week, they can make it look like how he was when he was in Detroit and, you know, usually losing. Yeah. To yeah. I mean, both now, both teams are coming off a loss. So like yeah. everyone's coming into next week, hungry, obviously this is going to be like a potential, you know, NFC championship game matchup, yeah. right? Like that's fully a possibility. Um, 
I don't know. I hope, I hope I'm leaning in the right direction with not being super concerned, but I just think when the Packers defense have stacked enough performances for the contrary, like it's okay with this game um, that they just didn't show up as well. Now there's plenty of tape for them to go back and, and make sure. some tweaks and, and do better. Um, I certainly think that like Kevin King had, you know, his worst game in the last month and he hasn't been playing poorly. He just had a classic Kevin King game today. And it just the, all those little things added up um, to what amounted to, you know, the Vikings ended up scoring more points than the Packers did, but they were in the game the whole time. Um, and again, they were getting it done without Zedarius and without Jair so far. So there's no reason to think that they can't do it, you know, the, down the stretch, but you really, really hope that you can get those guys back. Totally. I mean, obviously that is going to be the difference between an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl, right? You need your playmakers at the end of the day. And, and we know football's uh, about peaking at the right time. So if you yeah. got those guys back, uh, you know, gearing up for a playoff run, that's, that's certainly going to be crucial to the future success. But how about Tipa? Hey, I'm going to try this. Naliai, uh, you know, he, he came from the practice squad. We weren't sure we were going to see him this season. And yeah. now he's make, making plays on Sunday. I was impressed what we saw out of him. Yeah, absolutely. It's like this whole season. I, I mean, the Packers are so snake bit with injuries, yeah. but also at the same time, you're getting to see all these guys step up who probably would have never gotten a single snap because right. if, if the starters were healthy and it's, it's nice to see what you have, obviously, you know, you'd rather have your starters that you're paying big money to healthy, but like, yeah. And I think it also is, has been a nice showcase for some of the position coaches like clearly retaining, especially on the defensive side of ball, I think Jerry Gray, Mike Smith, um, Jerry Montgomery, all those guys just under Barry was a really, really good idea because they're getting the most out of all of the guys in, in each of those position groups. I mean, like kudos to Mike Smith, right? He was like, all this guy needs to do is put on, you know, same with Jonathan Garvin, like put on a little, put on a couple pounds, get a couple reps in. And I think they're going to be ready to go. And then you see Tipa get his first, you know, snaps in a live game and, he looked ready to go. Totally did. And, you know, that was one of the bright spots. I think defensively, you talked about being snake bitten with injuries. There's the bad news from Sunday as well as Elton Jenkins goes down with what is uh, reportedly feared to be a torn ACL, which of course would be a season ending injury. That stinks. That yeah, stinks. I mean, what, what else is there to say about that? Right. He's been so consistent the last couple of years. He's been that playmaker and with, with d out really the leader of that offensive line group, uh, which is finally kind of, you know, hit its stride here late, later in the season. And now you're going to be without Elton Jenkins. It sounds the remainder of the season. Yeah, that's really hard. That's really tough. I mean, you saw, you knew it was bad immediately, right? When he went down. Now that's three ACL tears potentially on the season for the Packers. Like that's not good. Um, and I'd love to potentially in the off season kind of take a look back and see like why there's been so many horrible injuries like this. I think across the league also, it's not just a Packers issue, but besides the point, Jenkins is your do-it-all player you know, you fully expected when Bakhtiari comes back for Elton to slide back into the interior and be able to make a really big difference in on long that interior offensive line, especially because some of the rookies like Bryce Newman aren't playing very well. And so you needed him. You need him the rest of the season. So I really, really hope it's not an ACL tear. I mean, I'm going to like pray to the football gods um, <laughs> because it's not just that he's been filling in for David Bakhtiari, but it's also that the Packers need him in his sort of best original best spot since he plays well and everywhere, but 
for, for the rest of the season. And I think just to touch on the offensive line really quickly, like they did not have a good game today and they haven't had a good game for a bit. Um, And it's really starting to take its toll on this offense. You saw it in the first half, especially. So yeah, losing your best player right now on the offensive line is not good. Now it's Bach, not in Jenkins, not in and Josh Myers. That is brutal from left to right. You're missing three, three guys in a row, right? I mean, like that is just brutal. And and you mentioned it. I mean, early in this game against Minnesota, we saw Aaron Rodgers under attack, the pocket collapsing often. He tried to do his rendition of hero ball. It seemed in the first half, which I did not love at all, (laughs) but uh, and it, you know, it was tough for them to establish the run, the running game, although they didn't attempt too much, right? AJ Dillon only had 11 carries in this game as they were primarily playing from behind, but without a healthy core on the offensive line, I mean, your chances are, are quickly falling, which is yes. concerning. I mean, we, we can think back to the 2010 season when the Packers won the Super Bowl. They had all these injuries. The offensive line was beat up. They were without starters. So you can be optimistic and spin it that way if you want. But this is brutal no matter what you look at. I mean, you're without your two best offensive linemen and your starting center all of a sudden. Uh, you don't know the timeline on David Bakhtiari. Aaron Rodgers was asked about that in his post-game press conference. And he, he, what did he call the status? Unknown? Unknown. Was the word? Yeah, it was ominous. the word he used. That's right. ominous, I'd say. It's odd. Yeah. It's odd, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know those guys are really tight. So you know Rodgers knows more than he gave up there, uh, which is which is a little nerve wracking because you you expect, obviously it's been what now, 10 and a half months, 11 months since David Bakhtiari tore that ACL. You assume the timelines probably soon, but when Aaron Rodgers is saying unknown, he's not trying to throw off future opponents. It's it's him being very vague. And and I don't want to say unhonest or dishonest rather, but it's just, it's just odd to me that 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 was the word choice. Yeah. I mean, it could also just be that he, doesn't know and so he used the word unknown because he has no idea um I highly doubt that because yeah, him say. and Bach are really close and it also just could be you know Matt LaFleur has been giving like total coach speak when he's asked about David Bakhtiari in my mind it sounds like he had a setback I don't know how badly but that's what it sounds like but again like you kind of expected Dave to come back a couple games ago now you're without him you're without Elton you're without Josh I have no actually no update on when Josh Myers is coming back if he is Bryce Newman hasn't been playing well. I mean, luckily, again, the everyone's kind of stepping up and doing what they need to, and the line's been fine. You know, you put Yash Nyman in there today. He was fine. Um, that's certainly not who you want trotting out there in the playoffs. <laughs> Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. No, and that's that. I mean, that's what it's going to be, at least for the time being, right? Is yeah. I'm kind of holding down that left side of the line, which again, that's concerning. I mean, we like Yash, we do for Yash, but do you really want him in that position? No, you no, don't. No, you want Bach out there. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, you, and you want Jenkins out there and you want Myers out there, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. But these injuries are, are like we talked about before, it seems like really starting to catch up to the Packers. Every week, there's a big one. I mean, you had Gary yeah. last week. You have, you have Elton this week, like it's, it's, it's getting rough out there and, and they need this bye week so bad, only one game until they get there. Uh, and the other thing on injuries, Aaron Rodgers again, talked uh, in his presser about the toe injury that he's been dealing with called it worse than turf toe yeah. said he was in very, very painful uh, and he needs the bye week to come soon so he can rest up and hopefully figure that out. But he also hasn't said what happened or how it happened. Uh, the, the toe injury again, ominous, right. To, to use your word from before, very vague, kind of avoiding, you know, did he drop a suitcase on it? Like what the hell happened there that, that, that he's, that he hasn't said, I mean, I don't know if he's been, asked I have, I have a happened. theory. I have a theory oh, oh that boy. it's yes. COVID related um, because I'm, it's actually a very common side effect when you have COVID to get COVID toe. Really? Um, which is like kind of an infection. Yeah. In, in your extremities. Um, I don't, I, it's just a guess, right? Like, I feel like if it was an actual football injury, he would have said, I heard it working out. Um, and so, you know, what happens while he's off, while he's tested positive and is sick, you heard that he had symptoms and COVID toes, no joke. Um, and it can take weeks or months to come back. I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's just like my floating theory um because yeah, yeah it 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 looks painful it it can, i mean your toes can get like pussy and yeah swollen um 
I think the one thing is that, right, like Aaron Rodgers has played through some really ridiculous injuries. I mean, 2018, right? Didn't he have like a torn MCL? Something like that, Right, so I I hope that it's not going to be like too concerning down the stretch. I mean, he did throw for what, like 385 yards today or something like that. So it's obviously not affecting his arm, but you also (laughs) want your quarterback fully healthy because you saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers likes to scramble and pick up some first downs with his legs. And if that gets taken out, then, you know, you're just creating a bit more of like a one-dimensional quarterback. Interesting theory, but absolutely correct. Obviously, you want about a hundred percent if if you have the option, right? But I just googled COVID toast. Don't do that if you're watching at home because you're going to see a lot of pictures of feet that are pretty gross. Yeah, it's nasty. I yeah. uh, didn't know that was a thing, so appreciate the insight on that, <laughs> Perry. Uh, speaking of foots, uh, Mason Crosby missed another field goal on uh, so as that for transition. Pretty that good. was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Mason Crosby, 14 to 21 on the year. Now another miss the Packers lost by three points. It's worth bringing up yeah. the heck's going on on special teams pair. They just can't seem to figure it out. The rest of special teams today played was, fine. Was good. I agree. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, you can only make so many excuses for Crosby, right? At this point. Um, I feel like a player of his caliber who's had such sustained success for as long as he has get some level of the benefit of the doubt, but that benefit of the doubt for me is starting to wane, you know, like short, right. You got to start making these. And especially in, in three point games, like this Packers Vikings game was those missed three points could have been the difference between the Packers going to overtime or in general, just winning the game. Like would the Vikings have even, they wouldn't have, would they have played for the field goal at the end of the game? If the Packers were up by six, you know, there's, there's so many things that they've gone for two. Like it, it could have changed literally the course of the game. So yeah, they're going to have, they have to figure this out. Yeah. It's been rough when you're missing 33% of your field goals. That's uh, not going to lead to sustained success as, as yeah. you reference Mason Crosby's long tenure in green Bay. Yeah. That's really rough. And again, a doink there, which we, uh, which the Packers fans aren't very used to bears and Vikings fans are used to doing <laughs> We are not. And then we have one happen in us bank stadium. So uh, that's rough. That's something to keep an eye on. And as you mentioned, it seems like the leash now short uh, because Crosby's been so good. You give him the benefit of the doubt, you make the excuses, but he's running out of excuses now with seven missed yeah. field goals uh, on the regular season now. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on as we roll on, but hopefully they can iron that out. We know we had the long snapper change. We know we had the holder change early in the year obviously with Bajorquez coming in. So there's built-in excuses, but it's going to be what here? Week 12? I mean, no more excuses here. He needs to figure it out as we gear up for for a playoff run. And uh, another bad miss on Sunday certainly didn't help in a a three-point loss. Uh, Let's move on quickly to officiating. I know we always love talking about how good that is uh, because we all flip on uh, the television to watch the, the refs steal the show. Late interception overturned. There was a couple of questionable calls throughout. There's a makeup call earlier on, on, on the full start uh, for Green Bay. It's just like, again, it's it's one of those games where I don't like spending time on officiating, but this yeah. is a game where I feel like we have to because there were some bad calls in uh, that interception late. Questionable, I really don't know. I think they probably made the right call, but live live time, it really looked like Darnell Savage had that interception. I didn't hate this from the officials as much as everyone else did. Like, I feel like there's been worse games. Like, again, the the Packers were in this and they hurt themselves, right? Like, false starts and holding calls. And, you know, like, when Kirk 
throws you six potential interceptions and you don't come away with any, but you blame the officials for like the one turnover. I don't buy that. Sorry. Like play better. I just like this was fully within their grasp. Now, do I think that that was actually an interception by Darnell Savage? Yeah, I do. I guess according to the letter of the law, I see the, I understand the grounds for an overturn, but I, I don't know. I mean, roughing the passer at this point is what it is. These are the rules. Like Rogers gets one back at some point. You hate it. I didn't like, there's certain situations. It's kind of like, what's the defender supposed to do, but then you hope that that gets called when it's your quarterback. Right. So it is what it is. Um, I hate talking about the officials and I hate how much they overtake games, but this seems to be a pattern throughout the last couple of seasons. It's just a different penalty every year that people are up in arms about. So We didn't see taunting today. So Thank goodness. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I, uh, the, the dumbest rule in sports right there, but nonetheless, uh, they, they were certainly uh, popping up. The officials were on my Twitter feed. Uh, a lot of people tagging them very angrily, uh, Perry. Yeah. So that's, that's always good when that happens in a three point game, but nonetheless, I mean, as you said, right. I mean, it seems that they've been a center point of discussion for the last few years, uh, and maybe necessarily, but it's, it's never something I enjoy talking about. I don't like the excuses and you're absolutely correct. There was multiple opportunities where the Packers had uh, a chance to create turnovers or get the ball back on their yeah. side. They didn't capitalize that's on them at the end of the day. Uh, and we can't sit here and blame the officials, but there was some bad calls uh, and, yeah. and we can, we can live with that. Uh, we mentioned Rogers and I think that the crowd all week, Perry that that was saying oh the the no practice is going to hurt Rodgers we saw how flat he looked against Seattle we saw flat he looked against New Orleans at the beginning of the year when he wasn't playing in preseason I think that crowd's quiet all of a sudden you mentioned 385 yards for number 12 today on top of the four touchdowns Devontae had two uh Josiah the Messiah the Guara had one his first career touchdown as well as MVS on that 75 yarder late yeah. in the fourth quarter which was an awesome play I was yeah. jumping up and down for that one <laughs> until uh, five seconds later yeah right exactly <laughs> uh but Rogers overall parent did look really good uh today four touchdowns 385 totally looked like a different quarterback than he did a week ago against Seattle yeah yeah, I oh, think. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. You seem statist- like questioning that. Statistically, yes, this was his best game of the season. Obviously, you can't argue with four touchdowns and 385 yards. Um, I think, you know, like I said, this was a wide receiver clinic between Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams looks, I mean, he's just the best. Um, I just don't love how slow Aaron Rodgers starts out again. I think it goes to like potentially game plan as well. They're just like the first quarter. I just don't sometimes don't understand what he's doing like the hero you mentioned it earlier the hero ball like stop it you see what works and what works is when he's playing in rhythm in the pocket and getting the ball out quickly so why are you holding the ball for so long why are you scrambling trying to make plays that aren't there there were actually wide receivers that are open he wasn't hitting or he wasn't seeing them so I don't know I don't know how to fix his like early slow start woes but yeah, of course he, he got it together and had, you know, three quarters of incredible quarterback play. I mean, his touchdown to Josiah Deguara was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and he does that and, you know, he reminds you that he's the best. Um, I just wish that some of that early stuff could get cleaned up because again, if they score even one touchdown in that first quarter, they win this game. 
Yeah, totally. And, you know, the slow start you referenced, the field goal on the first possession of the game followed up by a punt, a missed field goal, and then a three and out. And then that's when he turned it around, got that touchdown to Guara. And I guess sometimes it just takes time. You know, like I'm not not saying he had a bad game. I'm just saying like there are clearly things in the beginning that got fixed later in the game. And you sure they're not new, right? Like you can start the game without all those like shot plays on third down. I hate them. Yeah, the hero ball uh, is what we saw. He was doing a little bit too much, trying to create and elude. And I know he was under pressure, but it was it was messy. It was sloppy. And, and if you score a touchdown early in this game, right? I mentioned the three and out. You mentioned the uh, the missed field goal. And then there was another punt uh, early in the first quarter. If one of those turns into a field goal or a touchdown, you likely win this game. You're in the driver's seat yeah. the entire way, pretty much. Yeah. And it completely changes the complexion of this game, right? So to capitalize early and get on a roll early is super important. Like the 2020 Packers often started off real hot uh, on their first drive in the first quarter. And then they just controlled games. They were able to dictate, they were able to play with a lead. And that's what led to such a successful year a year ago, Perry. And you haven't seen that. You haven't really found the Packers finding their rhythm early in the first quarter this year. And I I wonder why that is. I mean, obviously there's some changes. You're missing some, some key pieces on the O-line as we talked about earlier, but it's, it's not that much of a different team. I mean, you, you still have most of your core from a year ago, but you, you haven't been able to find the success early as often as you were a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if, like, you know, defenses just have more on this Packers offense now. And so, again, like, it takes Matt a couple of drives to make some, like, slight tweaks to the game plan because you saw him get in his bag in the second half i mean he was calling some that option play yeah like just awesome um so that it's possible that that's it right like they they go in a little bit more conservative defenses kind of have their number right now and then they make adjustments um fine i also think they're really missing bobby tunyon i i just think you know you saw the way rogers played with like a jermichael finley um, I'm not comparing Tunyon to Jermichael Finley, but like when he has really consistent quality, high, high quality tight end play, mm-hmm. he's a different quarterback and Bobby's so versatile in like blocking and pass catching. And, and I think you're starting to see obviously that relationship with Josiah DeGuara develop, but it's not where the relationship with Bobby Tunyon was yet. And so I think, you know, you're feeling the effects of that loss because there's not really anyone who takes over that skill set. It's not like when a wide receiver goes down like Lazard, and you have other wide receivers like EQ or MBS to fill in for that. My head hurts, Perry. There's so many freaking injuries. I, I we haven't even named Bobby Tunyon yet. Al <laughs> Lazard was out on Sunday. Oh, my head hurts. I'm going to be on injured reserve with a migraine given all these freaking <laughs> injuries we keep seeing if they don't slow down. The bye week can't come quick enough. So couple more things I want to hit on Perry. I I wrote it in our show sheet concerned or just one of those games for green Bay. I know it's a divisional game. It's high energy. Every time Minnesota and green Bay get together, it creates a a pretty classic game like the one we saw on Sunday. So where's your concern level at? Is it pretty low after, after a loss like that? Yeah. Low. Uh, I'm not concerned. I mean, they also fought for this game, right? It's not like they got pounded and rolled over. Like they fought to the end. So I'm not worried. Like losses are going to happen. It was a three point game. Uh, the Packers are eight and three contending with lots of injuries. I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, right? I mean, you're, you're in the game the entire way. There was the slow start that we talked about a bit, but you picked it up in the second half. Every drive you had ended in, in a touchdown in the second half. Like that's, that's efficient. That's, that's really good football. That's, that's Aaron Rodgers led football, right? So 
I, I, I'm okay. I'm feeling good. I, I mean, I, we know the Rams are good. We, we saw them come off a loss again last week. Um, but we're, we're, we're hoping, you know, everything will work out. The injuries are concerning, right? I mean, we, yeah. we've talked about it a bunch here on this episode of the Pack a Day podcast, but you still got Aaron Rodgers, which still gives you a very good chance to win every game you're in. It's, it's yeah. that simple. I know, I know there's 11 players on the field at any given time, but if one of them is wearing number 12, you probably give yourself a pretty darn good chance. So I'm feeling all right. We need to get through this Rams game, hopefully get a, get a W out of it. And then you get into the bye week, heal up a little bit, and then hopefully you start seeing uh, the, the reintegration, if you will, of guys like Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, maybe as a Darius Smith appearance later in the season as yeah. you gear up for the playoffs. And then you're feeling really good, right? I mean, if you get Jair back, if you get d back, your chances skyrocket, in my opinion. Absolutely. And you're going to get Jones back for sure after the bye, right. I think. So, yeah, this team is hopefully, I keep saying this every week, but hopefully only going to get healthier. Um, but you also can see that this team without all of these guys is still – in major contention. I mean, the fact that this team as hurt as they are have the number one seed in the NFC, like well within their grasp is incredible. So I think if they do, when they do, I should say, when be positive, get healthier (laughs) and get even a handful, half these guys back. Um, I mean, scary, watch out. Yeah. We we know they should be in this position, right? We, We knew that coming into the season, you lock up Jones, in the off season, you have some question marks on the O line, right? With Josh Myers coming in, and now obviously he's injured, but uh, losing Corey Lindsley. But but overall, you felt really good about where this team was at, and rightfully so. And at eight and three, they're still in a very very good position to win the NFC. And this upcoming game with the Los Angeles Rams will dictate, at least for the near future, who's going to have that one seed because the Rams are right in that race as well. Both of these teams need a win. It's going to be a fun one on Sunday. It is going to be a fun one on Sunday. This is the one I think that I everyone's had scheduled for a while. Um, at least I have on on the calendar. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heavyweight matchup, and I think it's gonna be fun too. You know, Lafleur McVay going up against each other is kind of like Lafleur Shanahan in that sort of offensive, you know, minded mentorship, you know, coaching matchup, mm-hmm. which just adds another layer to it. Yeah, and obviously Stafford and Rogers going back at yeah. it again this upcoming yeah. week. Well, for like old times' sake, but Stafford actually has a team this year, so that's uh, going to be fun. There's the Odell Beckham Jr. wrinkle involved as well. Obviously, these were the last two teams uh, he was interested in when he before he signed with LA a couple weeks back. So there's a bunch of storylines going into this one. Uh, we get to eat a bunch of turkey this week, and then we get <laughs> to watch uh, we get to watch three games on Thursday, which is lovely. And then we get. Packers Rams, kind of the, the biggest matchup of the week on Sunday. So, so one I'm, I'm really looking forward to, but also it's important, right? I mean, it's important yeah. for seating six. So uh, you've got your happy dance going on. Love to see it. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving, Perry. Always, always fun t- uh, chatting Packers with you. You calm me down a little bit. I was a little nervous <laughs> coming into this one. I, I was, I was overreacting. You know how emotional it gets when yeah. the Packers lose, but I'm calmed down now. I thank you for your service. I'm so glad I could do that for you, Alex. <laughs> I hope you have a nice Thanksgiving also. I, I will do my best. Thanks. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strove. You want to connect with me. Andy Herman will be back with us as we break down the bye week in a couple of weeks, uh, a couple Mondays from today. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Perry. We'll see you later. This has been the Packaday Podcast on your Monday.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.